Okay, it is Monday, December 3rd, 2018. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Fair to say that was an eventful weekend, the highs and lows of it all. We are joined today by the one and only Steve Hellwagon. Steve, how goes it? I'm doing good, Dan. It's uh, Monday, and uh, to be very honest with all Bucknutters out there, I'm glad that uh, the one month of overlap with uh, men's basketball and football has finally come to somewhat of an end, although we have a signing day coming up and bowl prep, but we just won't have a game every Saturday, unfortunately. We will be talking football today, but we'd be remiss if we did not just mention quickly that Chris Holtman is an American treasure, and that was a tremendous hire. As the season goes on, we'll get more into that, but we've got to talk football Obviously, everything came to a close this weekend. Ohio State went to Indianapolis and took care of business, earned a three-touchdown win over Northwestern. We all know it wasn't enough for the committee to choose them over Oklahoma and Georgia. Let's first start with the game. Is it fair to say that Ohio State's hopes vanished with a Moten 77-yard run down the sideline? You know, that's uh, probably a good point. I think that uh, the, the same issues that bothered Ohio State all season uh, giving up big plays, uh, came back with that one play. I think defensively Ohio State was pretty good. Otherwise, gave up the two touchdowns in the third quarter that were almost lightning quick strikes by Northwestern. I mean, they came out of the locker room down 24-7. to And if you thought they were just going to roll over and play dead, they certainly didn't. I think that caught Ohio State's attention. And after they uh, kind of stumbled around there for about uh, most of the third quarter, they really hit the gas pedal and put the thing away in style the way that a championship team does. So I think this was one of their better performances on the whole all season against the quality opponents, certainly. I, I put it up there in the top three behind Michigan, and I, I'm not even sure what, what another one would be on that list. This is one of the better games they've played this year. But, again, some of the things that, that had bitten them all season did come back. It was a command performance certainly by Dwayne Haskins, who I think is starting to get some real uh, momentum to get to New York City for the Heisman Trophy presentation. Uh, I'm not supposed to say this, but I voted him number one. I put uh, Tua Tagovailoa number two and Kyler Murray three. I think those are the three guys who really separated themselves. I think people who want to throw in uh, the kid from Washington State or Will Greer from West Virginia, you know, I just don't know how you do that when you've got a guy who threw for 47 touchdowns this season. I think uh, Haskins deserves to be there, and I, I don't think he's going to win it. I think the uh, Takavailoa is going to win it. Um, I'll throw in there that uh, Ohio State probably had 75% of the crowd in Indianapolis. Uh, Northwestern did the best they could to represent uh, they had over 3,000 students at the game, and, and their little pocket of fans in the one corner made a lot of noise when their team made a great play. But uh, the crowd was overwhelmingly in support of Ohio State, and this one guy said, felt like an Ohio State uh, home game, so Ohio State fans can uh, tip their cap to themselves for that. They had the OHIO chant going right before kickoff. I mean, it was like Ohio Stadium West, but uh, – Great game on the whole. I think, uh, again, uh, I think Chase Young really showed what he's capable of doing. He needs to do that on a, 
more consistent basis. Uh, Paris Campbell is nothing but a freak. Uh, Johnny Dixon had a big game. I mean, yeah, we can sit here and talk about it all day, but uh, great showing for Ohio State to win the Big Ten in the manner that they did. Agreed. All right, let's hit the way back machine here real quick. When you got on the beat, who was Ohio State's quarterback? Well, you know, when I was in college, I mean, you had Greg Fry and then Kent Graham, Kirk Street, and then really Bobby Hoying three years there, 93, 94, 95, and Stanley Jackson and Joe Germain. So I would say full-time in uh, the mid-'90s, Bobby Hoying was probably the guy in 94, 95 when I started uh, doing it full-time. But Hoying and Germain were both outstanding. I mean, no, no doubt about that. So rank the quarterbacks you have seen on the beat, top three. Well, I think you, you want to go career. Do you want to go, you know, single season? I think Haskins has had by far and away the best season any quarterback has ever had at Ohio State. I think if you just weighed their ability as a quarterback, I think he'd be number one, certainly. Uh, number two, man, that's a hard one. Troy Smith was very good. He deserved the Heisman Trophy. And think about this. He won the Heisman Trophy in 2006. He threw 30 touchdown passes that year. He was the best player on the best team throughout the regular season, kind of like Katua is this year. And uh, he deserved it, in my opinion, that year. And then it's a tough call. I think <clears throat> Jermaine <clears throat> excuse me, put it over the top with the Rose Bowl win. He uh, helped lead him to two. Number two <clears throat> finishes, I would edge him a little bit over Hoying, who actually had a better NFL career. Uh, the issue with Hoying was he only got to play one year with uh, Walt Harris the last year in 95, and they were nothing short of fabulous. I mean, George, Ricky Dudley, Terry Glenn, I mean, that was a hell of an Orlando Pace was the tackle. That was one hell of a supporting cast. Yes, exactly. So, uh, Walt Harris made the comment that if he'd had Hoying for more than one year, Hoying would have been, you know, so much better. But uh, at any rate, that's probably how I view it. I think uh, Haskins has been just nothing short of phenomenal. <clears throat> I mean, J.T. Barrett was a winner, but, <clears throat> I mean, if you want to rate uh, in terms of, you know, playing the quarterback position, how people view it, throwing the football and those kind of things, you know, he'd be in there somewhere, but, again, I, in terms of raw ability, uh, man, uh, this kid has just got it in space. No question about it. See, that's my concern. So he's, he's, he's broken every record. He's, he's going to have more trophies than you can sneeze at uh, for this season. I don't think he'll win the Heisman, but he'll be in the mix. Is the chance to go for a national championship, you think, going to be enough to bring him back? That is a great question. I think his family values education very deeply. They moved from New Jersey so that he could go to a school in the D.C. area. Let me touch on that. They chose. They didn't choose a football powerhouse. This wasn't a kid moving from Hawaii to St. John's to play football. He went to an, a, a primarily an academic institution, even though we're getting another safety from there in Bryson Shaw. It's not like they came down there and picked DeMatha, so... Yeah, so they didn't move him to a football factory. They wanted him to get a good education. And I think um, up until this point, I have been of the uh, mindset that he's coming back. But you see Mel Kuyper come out of the woodwork last week after the Michigan game, and uh, he is, you know, of a belief that he's a first-round 
a quarterback, if not the first quarterback taken, which would be somewhere in the top five or ten in the draft. So if that is really the case, that may be a lot for him to overlook and come back. Um, I think Ohio State would, would certainly be a national championship favorite if he comes back, probably them and, and Alabama if Tua is back at Alabama. So, um, you know, I think that, that those would be the, the, the teams to watch, no doubt. Uh, Clemson probably back up there with their quarterback as well. It's it's crazy that the same three or four schools are always mentioned. And Georgia, but, too, if you think about it. So it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it, it could be another outstanding, just amazing year next year of the football that we've seen. But uh, I think that they have a tough decision in front of them. Uh, I think that uh, he loves Ohio State, and he is having the time of his life. And if this is what he wants, I think losing Paris Campbell, Terry McLaurin, Johnny Dixon, you know, all seniors, they'd be leaving. And K.J. Hill potentially could leave as well for the NFL. So, uh, But he's got his guy, Austin Mack, who's, you know, yep, a good friend. His roommate. Yeah, coming back to play wide receiver and some emerging guys like Chris Olave who's really stepped up, caught another touchdown. So uh, in the last three weeks, Dan, he has thrown for right around 1,300 yards and I want to say 16 touchdowns, or accounted for 16 touchdowns in three weeks. So and that's Maryland, Michigan, Northwestern. So Yeah, I call those Sega numbers, and then my son yeah. corrected me that they're Xbox numbers. Sega's out of commission. <laughs> but anyway. So here we are. I think it's going to be a very interesting, like you said, because I think there's a chance Haskins could really end up going number one overall. I mean, that's just that's not necessarily a reflection of him as much. Quarterbacks, the top quarterback usually does end up going number one. And although I can understand how people would be upset about it, I'm going to be clear, I want Dwayne to come back. But the idea of Dwayne and, and uh, Nick Bosa possibly going one and two in the draft is very good PR for the program. I always say this, but keep in mind, every kid that comes to Ohio State thinks he's a draft pick. So to be able to sell that um, would be incredible on both sides of the ball at the two marquee positions. Okay, so now they have the game against uh, Washington coming up in the Rose Bowl. Tad anticlimactic, which is incredible considering it's the Rose Bowl. What's your vibe on it? Do you think they're going to get the best effort? Do you think Jaymont Jones will play? Give us a little uh, mini preview. Yeah, I think them being sixth in the uh, in the standings can be a motivating factor that uh, Urban could say they, they didn't think we were any good and these kind of things. We need to show them one last time how great we really are and get to 13-1, and one, which is some rarefied air. Uh, certainly at Ohio State, if they could do that, I think they'd only be the third team in school history to get to 13 wins, which is uh, very impressive. I think, um, you know, Putting them behind Georgia made no sense to me, just as a quick aside. I think the the razor-thin margin between them and Oklahoma, um, I don't know how you slip a team in between them because they basically had the identical resumes. I think uh, Oklahoma's lost to Texas that they avenged probably tipped it in their favor because Ohio State's loss was to an unranked team. Otherwise, everything was pretty much a wash, and a lot of the other factors – probably favored Ohio State, including better wins over Michigan and Penn State than anything Oklahoma did. So that's just my aside on that, putting Georgia in the middle. You know, I did not watch the Alabama-Georgia game. I was getting ready for the Ohio State team and just was rushing around and doing things, you know, logistically trying to get to the stadium and everything else. 
and pregame stuff. And so I, I followed it. I know they led by two touchdowns in the second half and could have won the game, you know, I suppose. Uh, but I, I just don't understand how a team with two losses can be slipped in there ahead of Ohio State. So I think it's a motivating factor that Urban Meyer will use to say they doubt us, they don't think we're any good. I think Washington's checking in at number nine, I believe, so it's six versus nine. Uh, kind of like last year, uh, they got relegated to the Cotton Bowl because the Rose Bowl was having the playoff and they didn't make the playoffs, so they played USC in the Cotton Bowl, and I was astounded. The Cotton Bowl Stadium was filled uh, probably 60-40 in Ohio State's favor, but people traveled to go see that game, and, and my guess is people will travel to go see this game. First Rose Bowl in nine years for Ohio State used to be the primary destination for the Buckeyes in the 70s and 80s, and uh, even the one time they got to go in the 90s. But uh, it is an outstanding place to watch a college football game. Looking forward to it. Uh, not very excited about dealing with Los Angeles traffic, but that's what it is. <laughs> Washington, yeah, Washington, ten and three. Uh, Chris Peterson, uh, second Pac-12 championship in three years, I believe, for them. Uh, so uh, Browning, the quarterback, make his last appearance, uh, 52, 53 starts, just a steady guy. But if you watch them beat Utah 10 to three on Friday night in the Pac-12, you can't feel too concerned about that game other than Washington uh, has got a pretty good defense, I suppose. But, uh, you know, are they going to score enough points? I mean, Ohio State's going to score 28 or 35 points just by throwing its helmet out there on the field. So I I don't know how Washington is going to keep up. And and I heard some of the ESPN analysts saying they should put a curtain up at midfield while Washington is uh, warming up. That way they don't get uh, too in awe of the athletic ability and the size that Ohio State's got on the other end. So, I mean, that's my feeling. I'm, I'm looking at probably a two-touchdown win for Ohio State, but I want to get deeper into it and see what, what Washington did. I know they lost the game to Cal. Um, they had, uh, lost to Auburn at the beginning of the season, had one other uh, uh, Pac-12 loss as well. So I uh, want to see uh, how they match up and, uh, you know, it's the Rose Bowl, uh, granddaddy of them all. You're not playing in the Citrus Bowl or the Outback Bowl or Peach Bowl or some other off-brand deal. You're playing in the Rose Bowl. So uh, great chance to send these seniors. You deserve it off with a, a huge win uh, there in Los Angeles. No, no question. Anybody who's ever watched the Rose Bowl uh, or seen a game played there, it literally is the best environment for throwing the football that you're going to get. They usually play it so the sun has just gone down. The weather is perfect. So I think you can expect Haskins with a month lead-up to just carve them up. Chris Peterson's a very good coach, and we'll have them prepared, but I think they're just going to be overwhelmed. We appreciate Steve stopping by. There's a ton of news going on. We'll be following it all. It'll be a fun ride. Have a good one, Buffnutters. Nutters.